good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. We're ready to read chapter 2. Now, last time we had read chapter 1, and at the end of chapter 1, God had <clears throat> created man in his image, and he had given us authority over everything, and had given all the plants and fruits um, for us and all the animals to eat. And in the last verse, it says, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and he validated it completely. And there was evening, and there was morning, a sixth day. So that was all of creation. Now, we're moving on to Genesis chapter 2. Now, I am reading from the Amplified Bible. So the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts, inhabitants, and by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested, ceased on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it as his own, that is, set apart as holy from other days, because in it he rested from all his work, which he had created and done. Now you'll notice that we still follow a similar method now in that the seventh day being Saturday, that is the day that we typically don't work, we rest. Maybe we do things that entertain us or, or have some fun, but we don't. Now I know I'm speaking in, not in a totally literal sense, but relatively speaking, we tend to take it a little easier on Saturday. We tend to do fun things, maybe do fun stuff with the family, whatever, you know, that's the seventh, that's our seventh day, and that's, we still kind of treat that as a Sabbath, now maybe not, uh, strictly speaking, in the way that the, uh, the Israelites did, but I'm just saying, in a way, that practice still kind of follows over, um, it's kind of funny when you look at the world and you see some of the things and you say, you know, really, God and Christianity have won these battles, you know. <laughs> uh, that's one. We, we have that practice largely. And um, just like Sunday is still relatively considered the Lord's Day. And uh, it is a two a day that we typically are not working, but is set aside for worshiping God. Now, I know that is less so now than in the past, but in general, that still happens. And... Uh, you know, you look at the uh, the year of our Lord, A.D., Anno Domini, that is uh, typically, you know, based off the uh, life of Jesus or the death of Jesus. So, you know, in these things, you know, and I know some, some places, you know, trying to change that to be like current era or whatever, but it's, it's still going to be the same even if they just change the two letters and try to say it means something else. It's still based on the same event, so it's not really going to change. And then, you know, there may be some who have different calendars or hold to different things. But by and large, worldwide, the Christian calendar, which which is kind of also the Roman calendar, I know, but it, you know, it kind of is the accepted calendar overall, okay? So, in some ways, you know, while people fight against it, it has kind of worn out over time. Alright, <clears throat> so anyway, again, getting off on a little tangent right off the bat, sorry about that. Nonetheless, so because in it he rested from all his work which he had created and done. 
This is the history of the origin of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that is the days of creation that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now wants to notice what's being said here. No shrub or plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprouted for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to cultivate or work the ground but a mist, a fog, dew, a vapor, some form of water like that was used to rise from the land and water the entire surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed, that is, created the body of man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an individual complete in body and spirit. And the Lord God planted a garden, oasis in the east in Eden, delight, land of happiness. That's, they're, they're trying to give a meaning to Eden, and it says delight, land of happiness. And he put the man whom he had formed, or created, there. And in that garden, the Lord God caused to grow from the ground every tree that is desirable and pleasing to the sight and good, suitable, pleasant for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now I'm going to read that. I, I, I simplified that. I'm going to read that the way the Amplified has it fully. It's a little odd. And the tree of the experiential knowledge recognition of the difference between good and evil. So they've added a lot there, and I don't think in this case that those additions really improve. I believe just saying, and the tree of good and evil. Though maybe you could say the tree of, oh no, I see. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil meaning that we can distinguish or recognize between the two. Okay? Alright. Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four branching rivers. The first river is named Pishon. It flows around the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good, and there's a word here Delium or something like that, a fragrant, valuable resin, and the onyx stone are found there. The name of the second river is Gihon or Gihon. It flows around the entire land of Cush in Mesopotamia. The third river is named Hidical or Hidical, and it says in parentheses Tigris. It flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. So the Lord God took the man he had made and settled him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely, unconditionally eat the fruit from every tree of the garden, but only from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Otherwise, on the day that you eat from it, you shall most certainly die. Now, this says, you die, 
because of your disobedience. And essentially, I think that is true. Um, and it says here also there's a note that you would die both spiritually and physically. Okay, physical, physically in the sense of becoming mortal. Now the Lord God said, it is not good, beneficial, for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper, one who balances him, a counterpart, who is suitable and complementary for him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper that was suitable, a companion for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made, fashioned, formed into a woman, and he brought her and presented her to the man. Then Adam said, Now this, well, I'm sorry, there was no word now. Then Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and were not ashamed or embarrassed. Now that's the, technically the end of chapter 2. Uh, I want us to note a few things, and the fact that this is saying this is the history of uh, the creation and that these events occurred while there was no shrub or plant or anything yet in the earth and no herb had sprouted so you know just just trying to give you a timeline of when this occurred uh, there had yet been no rain but there was a mist a fog a dew a vapor that was rising and watering the land and that's when Adam was created, Adam was created, and then the animals were created and brought to him. Um, it's plainly stated here. He settled him in the garden and all that, and then he was creating, you know, God formed out of the ground every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam so that he could name them and, and, and see if any of them would be a good um you know, a good companion and helper. And, um, you know, none of them really were. So God created woman from Adam. Now, I don't want to get into a lot of crazy speculation and stuff, but this does imply that, uh, that you know, God was explaining something to someone who would not be able to understand the science and the technology, okay? But basically, he separated, you know, the woman from the man so that man and woman were not just one creature, but were two creatures. Okay, now however you want to look at that is up to you. I'm not trying to speculate or make any uh, weird saying or any weird thing out of it. I'm just saying that it's obvious that he was explaining this as best he could to someone who had no 
uh, practical medical knowledge or DNA or you know, didn't understand or know any of that. And, you know, the explanation is very simple. He took parts out of Adam to make Eve. So it was explained in the way that Moses could understand because he would not be able be capable of understanding or explaining things that were just beyond their realm of knowledge. So there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm, again, not trying to say anything bad. Uh, I'm just saying that to me this reads very much like... Um, Adam and Eve were created special and apart and put in an, the garden, okay? And they were told, you know, that they could freely help themselves to everything except the tree of knowledge and evil, of good and evil. You know, they were not ready for that. God was raising them, bringing them along as his children, and they were not ready for that. All right, so... We want to look back and we want to notice that on the seventh day, as I said before, God rested, which we pretty much still do the same thing. Um, you know, Adam was originally created to be the worker or cultivator of the garden, you know, to maintain and, and watch over this garden. Um, I don't know exactly what that would have involved um, since the Lord was really taking care of everything. <laughs> you know, if you notice, he's created everything, but maybe just to, I don't know. I don't know what kind of maintenance or what he would have been done exactly. But, um, you know, it says, um, let's see. Let's see, I'm trying to find the right, the right verse, and I apologize. There was no man to cultivate or work the ground, and so I guess to keep the <clears throat> the area like garden, the garden, you know, clean and straightened up. So kind of like cleaning up your room or something. And of course, more to it than that, I'm sure, but just, just saying, I'm not exactly sure what all that would have entailed. So, and then, you know, God gives, uh, gives a command that is simple and easy to understand here. In verse 16, 17, he says, you know, you may freely eat you know you may freely eat from every tree but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and he, and he tells him he says on that day when you eat you will die it'll be spiritual and physical death for you now we were not there how that was expressed but i'm taking i'm taking this at its word that he told him basically that it will if you eat from that, it will kill you spiritually and it will cause you to have physical death as well. I believe that he explained to them what the results would be. Or explained to Adam. Which ended up being Adam and Eve as Eve came later. Now, I don't think there was anything difficult to understand there. I think that was simple and easy to understand. So, but... You'll notice it's a free will situation. It's a choice, and God did not take away his right to choose. You know, just like when you have a child and you raise them, at some point, you know, at some point in their life, you're like, okay, you know, it's your life. You need to make these choices. You need to make these decisions. I can't make all your decisions for you. 
you know, they have to have free will. Everyone does. And so, in this case, so did Adam. You know, he had to have free will. So there had to be a choice. And we look at the creation. You know, God was trying to do everything to make him successful, to make everything work for him. He was trying to make a companion for him because he seemed, Adam seemed lonely. You know, and, and God saw that he needed, it would be good for him to have, you know, a helper, to have someone with him. And so here in the end, after he creates all the animals and brings them by, you know, and uh, Adam names everything, but he never really finds a helper or a counterpart or a companion for himself, then God creates woman. And there's, there's a couple of things here. He creates woman to be, you know, uh, a companion and a helper. Uh, let's see if I can go back here. I will make him a helper, suitable and complimentary for him. Okay. So, by, by the same token, when we get down here, he also says that this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. And then says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh, or they shall be counted as one. So, when this, this kind of speaks to the idea of when we marry, when we join with uh, a member of the opposite sex, when we join together, when a man and a woman joins together, it's not just a physical thing, it is also a very spiritual thing. It should be considered a hugely important thing, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, all the way around. It is a very big deal. It is a very huge deal. And that's why we should, one, we should abstain from having uh, sex until we are married with the person we really want to be with. But two, it goes to the point of it's a, we're together as a team. We're together as a team, the man and the woman together as a team. And not, not in this role of one is the taskmaster, the ruler, and the other is the the subservient, you know, it shouldn't be that way. We should be together as a team helping one another, you know. Uh, when Adam was saying this, he was talking about how special she was. He was saying, she is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She is dear to me. She is important to me, you know, and that's how we should look at our wives. We should, we should both really look at each other as being important to one another. So it's, it makes a strong statement, and I think it's very important that we realize that even here that that statement was being made, and that when we bond together, it's a very, it's a very powerful and strong thing. I think part of the problem with the world and, and part of the problem with sexual promiscuity is that it, it mentally and emotionally scars people. It hurts them spiritually in a real sense. And it makes them hard to really bond well and, and, and be able to marry and stay together uh, with one person because they, they've had so many encounters and so many uh, dalliances or whatever. With so many people, they become very hardened and very 
um, cynical and callous about the whole thing and then it's not special anymore and <clears throat> it's just a bit of fun you know and that that kind of spoils the whole thing but anyway that's me getting off a little bit on the tangent there but we do need to remember how important and how special this is and how we should look at this as a reuniting we have found our companion the one that completes us so that is the one we should want to bond with to marry to stay with to be with the rest of our lives and it should be that important and and part of our problem is I don't know that we're teaching and I'm not picking on everybody but you know we're not always teaching our children properly how important and how special this is they think it's a bit of fun it's oh it's a bit of a f adult fun when I'm old enough I can do that and that's that's the wrong attitude so we have to teach better than that and that's that's part of the problem and I have uh, I think I have been guilty of thinking that when I was younger and I've really only grown to realize that in my you know in my older time here as I've gotten older not when I was younger I didn't understand these things but it's easier to see when you're older you know uh, hindsight and all that so all right that is the end of Genesis chapter 2 I want to thank you for listening I hope you have a wonderful day may God bless you and keep you and remember God loves you